this woman to watch movies, and do you take this man to talk about them? I now pronounce you a podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Wife Watches. I'm your host, Jason, and joining me as always, surviving her first week of quarantine, it's my wife, Courtney. <laughs> Hello! Jason, how's quarantine treating you? It's fine. I feel like I am uniquely prepared and designed to handle a situation like this. I think you are as well. Honestly, my lifestyle pre-coronavirus is not dramatically different. Yeah, brag about it. How are you enjoying um, our self-imposed isolation for two weeks? Um, I am struggling a little bit, but I'm uh, good for the most part. I'm oh, doing good. Well. I'm doing well now that, it's the, now that it's the weekend. Work is hard at home for me. I have been completely fine with working at Even home. thriving. You thrive in a work-from-home environment. <laughs> I do. I know. Well, that's great. Well, we decided, along with all the other world, uh, apparently... <laughs> The movie we wanted to most watch to celebrate our self-isolation and social distancing is the 2011 drama. Actually, it's described on Wikipedia as an action thriller. I don't think that's true. Okay, is the 2011 film Contagion. Contagion. Do you know anything about this movie? Literally zero. Wow. Who's in it? An all-star cast, honestly. Wait, is Jessica Chastain in this? No. Okay. I don't think so. I've I've seen this one time. I saw this with my roommate in 2012 over at our neighbor's house across the street. The only memory I have is watching it in their basement apartment and everyone being so obnoxious during it that I was just texting my roommate the entire time talking about all the stupid things people were just saying throughout the movie oh. because no one was shutting the hell up. So you know what? I have been like this for a while, actually. <laughs> this isn't a new thing. This isn't a new, like, I grew up and started going to movies by myself and became a snob. I've been like this for a long time. Yeah. I don't remember much of it. Okay. This, so this will be a pretty new experience for me. Why did you want to watch this? Um... Because I would not say this is in any way a significant movie. Because I wanted to be able to relate to something. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. We've been watching a lot of movies lately. And I just catch myself thinking, well, look at all these people just outside or in groups of 50 or just walking around and shaking hands and hugging. How weird. It's hard because watching movies is an escape too. And like there will be times where I'll just completely forget about what we're going through. After we've watched a movie. And then I'll remember as soon as it's over. But like, I don't know. I kind of just wanted to watch a movie that was like the same position I was in. I'm interested in that. Okay. Yeah. Just kind of dwelling right in it. Yeah. Well, I do know there are some, apparently some startling similarities in this movie to what's going on right now. Interesting. So. I'm really excited. I've also just wanted to see this. I like movies like this. It is by one of my favorite directors, Steven Soderbergh. Oh, okay. Who also did the Oceans trilogy, um, Logan Lucky, Traffic, a really funny movie called The Informant. And Oceans 11 and 13 in particular are some of my favorite movies ever. So he is a really fantastic director. So do you think it was well done? Yes, it is. And in fact, when I was going through this, I also listened to a an episode of the Rewatchables podcast they just recently did about this. Um, he's just a fantastic filmmaker. And 
I'm actually, that's actually something I'm excited about. I guess I shouldn't have shit on it too much. I am excited to kind of rewatch it because he has a very interesting way of keeping good pace in the movies I like of his the most and in interweaving like a large swath of stories. And another reason why we're watching this movie today, Courtney, is the COVID-19 outbreak sparked a renewed interest in this movie, sending it to the top of the iTunes rental charts. Holy crap. Where do we rent it from? We rent it from Amazon. Mm. Uh, by March 2020, Contagion was the seventh most popular film on iTunes. What was the first? Do you know? No. Doesn't matter. That's incredible. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what I was getting at. Its estimated average daily visits on piracy websites increased by 5,609%. Oh my gosh. In January compared to December. Uh, according to Warner Brothers, the film was listed at the 270th position among its catalog titles in December 2019. It has now jumped to the second place. Oh my gosh. Bested only by the Harry Potter movies. Oh wow. So... Everyone is watching this movie. I first thought it was kind of funny that it was sort of creeping up on this other site that I use. Yeah. But it seems like everyone... Well, it's like people like us, we're like, I want to watch something that's like what I'm going through. Well, and I kind of think... I thought at first people were doing it kind of ironically, like, yeah. whoa, we should watch Contagion because that's also allegedly caused by an animal. Yeah. So we're watching... That's why we're watching Contagion. Yeah. Because we want to be a part of a community right now. We don't have any... We don't have... We don't have community. We don't have... Well, we have six seasons of community that we could watch that I've been sure. asking you to watch for a while All right, now. let's watch them. But this is the equivalent of us standing on our balconies singing a song with our neighbors. <laughs> that was good. That right. was good. All right. Is that all we do? That's all we do. I just... It's been literally weeks. I know. It's... It, since we've done it this. It really has been at least two and a half weeks since we watched Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And we normally, you know, get our Sonic-sponsored drinks, which we won't be doing. No, we won't. I was saying today to somebody that every time I think... I'm like, it might be okay if we went to a drive through somewhere, but every time I think about that, I'm like, but do I need to? Is it necessary? And then I, I'm always like, no, it's not. Yeah. So I'd rather just play it safe. I think that's... I still think it would probably be fine to do I a drive-thru. I do, drive too. Through. It would be fine, but I just get scared. My anxiety is sky high right now. I know. Now. I honestly... I oscillate back and forth. Um, I guess that's redundant. But <laughs> I, sometimes I feel like I need to stay inside forever. And other times I think, look, this will probably be over in a couple weeks. Or we can go back to some semblance of normal living. We're just trying to like flatten the curve right now. And then we can kind of go back to more of our routines yeah I, yeah it just keeps going back and forth i don't really i wonder i genuinely wonder how everyone else is feeling right now okay all right we're gonna go watch it okay bye see, see you in a oh, sec love you <laughs> <laughs> all right we are back uh what did what do we think of the movie um i think i am living it with a few exceptions yeah okay Actually, I was. I spent the majority of the time comparing it to what is happening right now, like what was different and what was the same. Yes, I did the same thing. Which is not what happened when I first watched it. What happened when you first watched it? Well, I just thought I was watching. I kind of just treated it like any other movie that had a very extreme situation that was world ending that was I never thought would realistically happen in really any way. How much did this movie contribute to your anxiety right now? It, it honestly didn't. The sickness is worse in the movie. Yeah. I actually... The mortality rate is scarier. This movie is... I thought this would kind of maybe... 
I, I was like, maybe this is a bad idea to watch this at all during this time because it might just make you more nervous, but it is very different and a lot more deadlier. Yeah. In the movie than what we're, than anything that's happening right now. It moves really fast in the movie. Yeah. The similarities are like what I've heard from the CDC. Yeah. And like the part where he's like, he brings up social distancing, which I had. <laughs> I had never I had heard never of that heard term that. ever. No. And like, yeah. he's like, don't shake people's hands. If you're in a room with a lot of people stand at least 10 feet away from them. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And the, the prevention part is basically what we're going through right now. Some of the key differences, I guess, obviously, the, the disease itself. <laughs> yeah. The incubation period is a lot quicker and it's a lot deadlier. And one of the deaths immediately started in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Whereas this was like a very slow spread that I feel like everyone, I don't know, I feel like everyone around me was very aware of it, kind of at first in a very surreal way yes. when the coronavirus was spreading through the other half of the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. This one also started in China. Yeah. It's Which I thought was interesting. Suggested that it came from bats. Uh-huh. That it was pig eating some, some guano. Oh. That's bat shit. But n- nicer. Yeah. I actually only know that because of Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, the sequel. <laughs> and it's such a great, simple beginning with just completely black and just a cough. Yeah. And, and that happened and I was like, oh. I know. <laughs> I was like, uh. There were a couple of... So well, I brought that up was I really like how it ended showing that the actual chain of events that ultimately caused... Uh, that virus happening. Yeah. Because I've wondered over and over, who is who is patient zero right now for the coronavirus? Like what happened to them? Who's that guy who allegedly ate an armadillo? Type or, thing. Or was it like multiple people who, who I don't know, maybe eating something? I have no like, and, and it slowed the strain slowly like mutated and grew over time. Was it like multiple people and it slowly grew and got worse like a more aggressive virus, and then it became what it is now? Or was it really like one person, once like incident that started this? I've, I've thought about that a lot. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I also see the end. I shouldn't take credit for picking things, these things out because this is stuff I, when I was reading online about how Steven Soderbergh made the movie and the Rewatchables podcast, but they just, the shot would always linger on things that people touched. Yeah, I noticed that. Which. It's, I mean, it's really good filmmaking to put you in the paranoia of the movie, but haven't you just been so hyper aware lately of the yes. things you're touching, especially when I, when you're outside? Yes. So when we were at Universal... Well, okay, we should tell people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to California a week and a half ago. So everything was okay. It was kind of scary. Oh, no, I wouldn't even say scary. We were aware. Everyone was aware at the airport, but the airport was packed mm-hmm. and we got on our flight. Everyone kind of, I saw people like wiping things down. Um, we landed in California and then it was like stuff started kind of gradually happening Wednesday night. That's what, uh, that's when it's like Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks and Rita Wilson. Yeah. And Rita Wilson. Then we, we were kind of like, should we go? Because we had planned to go to Universal Studios the next morning. Yeah. Ultimately, we decided, yes, it would be fine. So we went to Universal Studios. And that's when the whole entire world broke down. <laughs> that yeah. day, it was pouring rain, which I think contributed in a weird way to my anxiety. It was, it just, it felt like, like everything was 
ending. Like it felt so scary that day. I, I just remember all of us standing in the Simpsons line looking at our phones for this 45 minute wait. And that's when like all the movies are getting paused indefinitely. Yeah. Which I was, I thought, wow, wow, they're really moving it. But that could have more to do with like international markets. But then every like major national sports got canceled. Yeah. Everything was Donovan canceling. Donovan Mitchell got. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It was just like boom, 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 boom. Like all. In the series of an afternoon. Yes. And we were just there in California. And we couldn't really do anything about it. Like yeah. we just felt so. I would say after that day, everyone was kind of like. Uh, I got quite paranoid. Yeah. That's definitely where I was very aware of anything I had to touch. Universal. There are so many freaking people here. Oh my gosh. Well, so that's why we've gone probably more extreme than maybe other people are right now. We, uh, when the minute we got home, we got right into self-isolation. We got really crazy. And then there was an earthquake. Uh-huh, which was really scary. Um, right at, immediately after the earthquake, I asked you through tears what was happening to the world. It was, <laughs> it very, was a very dramatic reading. It was very scary. Yeah. What if we had like, I don't know, what if we couldn't be here anymore? Then where would we go? Oh, like in our apartment? Yeah, like what if... Anyway, yeah, the big earth, the big scary earthquake happened. Yeah. And then all of the aftershocks. That's true. So what did you think of the movie? <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought the movie was good. Um, I thought it was a little bit not what I was thinking it was going to be. What do you think it was going to be? I thought be? it would be a little bit more theatrical. And it was, it was, you said it best. It was like scientific. Yeah. When, well, when we started it, you were like, oh, I kind of love disaster movies. Like yeah. This. I'm like, well, do. this isn't like 2012 or. I've never seen that. Okay. Well, I actually haven't either. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, disaster it, It's movie. very, they tried, they put a lot of effort into wanting it to be as scientific as possible. Um, so they, Soderbergh had wanted to make an ultra realistic movie about a public health crisis and, and the scientific response to a pandemic. So Steven Soderbergh and his like, and screenwriter Scott Burns, they were inspired by the SARS outbreak in from 02 to 04. So Scott Burns has made objective. Uh, was to make a medical thriller that felt like it could really happen. So we consulted with Larry Brilliant, who is renowned for his work in eradicating smallpox, to develop an accurate perception of a pandemic event. Burns also observed how the 2009 flu pandemic was not solely about the virus itself, the one had to be concerned about, but how society handled the situation, like closing schools, quarantining families. Did that happen? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember that either. Actually. I just remember my friend having it and she couldn't go to school. What did you think of the cast? I thought it was so Gwyneth Paltrow of Gwyneth Paltrow to only be in it for like maybe 10 minutes total. And she just like demands money, I'm sure. And they're like, all right, whatever you say, like people will just let her be in movies. Did that surprise you that she died? Yeah. Except, you know what surprised me? It surprised me that, spoiler alert, Kate Winslet died. Me too. I didn't think she was going to die. Yeah. I like that Gwyneth Paltrow and Kate Winslet both died because it kind of made it more of a thriller where you were thinking anyone at any point could really go. Yeah. I kind of forgot who was all in this movie and people just popping up. Yeah. I forgot Kate Winslet was in it. I forgot Brian Cranston was in it. Oh, yeah. Elliot Gould. Like, there's a lot of people just... Jude kept... Law. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's Elliot Gould? Elliot Gould is... Who was he in the movie or who is he? Who was he in the movie? He was um, the doctor that they they like ordered the him doctor. to, like, burn the stuff and he didn't... Oh, he chose not to and ended yeah. up coming up with... Monica's dad. Yeah. From Friends. <laughs> sure. <laughs> to some audiences. <laughs> well, like I'm any better, I only know him as <laughs> as Ruben from the Oceans movies. 
<laughs> but he's a very prolific actor from the 70s. Okay. Yeah, Jude Law. I actually... This was some of the funny ways that I feel like this movie was weirdly dated. It's weird when you watch movies that you feel like didn't come out that long ago, but they technology just moves so quickly. Yeah. Um, like blogs. I feel like that is one of the most prescient parts of the movie where they are depicting people with like their own social media platforms who are like, critical of what like larger governments at the whole are doing and have a huge following. Mm-hmm. And I just thought of like how I you just see that like Alex Jones is peddling a toothpaste that he is saying can fight the coronavirus. We're <laughs> just like shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it's interesting that he did they, the the filmmakers did a really good job of covering all of the different aspects of a uh, crisis like this, including like the media and the, like the fringe pieces of people who are technically media. Mm-hmm. Also, something that has not happened is like looting. Oh yeah, and I wonder if that's happening in other places, and it's just not happening here. Well, I think that's also just the difference in how quickly the virus was acting in the movie, too. Mm. Where it's been such a gradual, slow spread over the earth with the coronavirus in real life. Whereas this one, they, like it immediately affected everyone. And the incubation period it sounded was like a couple days or what did a day. You know what I mean? I, I don't think there's a way we'll get to anything like that where there's mass Hysteria. looting and riots. Something else that Soderbergh did when he was filming it, he didn't want the viewer to go anywhere where the character hadn't been. He wanted to portray it in, in his words, an epic yet intimate way. So, and this is something that he, I don't know if you've ever seen Traffic. Uh-uh. It's a movie that has to deal with uh, like drug trafficking as an issue, but it's told in like three separate storylines that sort of intersect different moments. Okay. And similarly to how this shows a lot of different characters, some who overlap and like interact in a certain way. I, so I was really able to like actually like pay attention to this when I was watching the movie. There's no establishing shot of a city, or there's no like footage of this is what's in the White House. We're only seeing what the characters themselves are seeing in order to like make it feel like intimate and like you're in the perspective of the person. So Soderbergh explained, we can't cut to a city or a group of extras that we've never been to that we don't know personally. That was our rule. And it's a pretty significant rule to adhere to in a movie in which you're trying to give a sense of something that's happening on a large scale, but we felt that all of the elements that we had issued with prior when we had any kind of disaster film were centered around that idea. So anytime there was like mass hysteria, one of the characters was living it. Yes. And every experience you had with some would have been seen by one of the characters that you'd met. So after Marion Cotillard, she finds out that it's a placebo that they tried on her. Yeah. Does she run back to the village? I guess so. I felt like that was one story I was not really invested in. I think I was initially because I also just am a fan of movies where smart people are moving around quickly trying to fix, talk about something in a smart way. Yeah. And they talk really fast. Yeah. I just, I think those movies are really fun. So for most of it, when she was going around trying to solve the issue, I was like pretty engaged. And when she got mm-hmm. kidnapped, but yeah, that's well. It's, that's funny. That, I mean, that's another thing that potentially would happen too in a situation like this. Hostage situations. Yeah, to try to get access, or like the, all like the breaking and entering into other like homes. Yeah. So they they filmed kind of all over the world. They filmed in Hong Kong. They also shot in Chicago, in Atlanta, in London, in Geneva, and also in San Francisco. They also shot at the CDC headquarters in Atlanta. Uh, the restricted nature of the CDC campus meant that the producers were only allowed to shoot exterior scenes of the area. 
as mm. well as within uh, the parking garage. Okay, so Contagion was actually a pretty decent success. It came out in September 2011. It grossed $136 million worldwide against a $60 million budget. So it was fine. I mean, do you remember this movie came out? No. It has 85% on Tomatoes. I think uh, critics, for the most part, really liked it. NPR also uh, noted the film is able to weave multiple characters into a narrative that's complex without being confusing yeah. and intelligent without being baffling. I definitely agree with that. I thought that too. It was not confusing at all. These are just things that I thought when I was like reading through this and watching the movie, I thought really applied to what we're going through right now. So that lack of information that can just kind of make people angry and feel helpless, that yeah. kind of enables conspiracy theorists to spread disinformation and fear, which I feel like... I haven't necessarily been seeing a lot of myself, but I'm... Misinformation? Yeah, like conspiracy theorists, like coming up with their own like, reason of what's going on. Except for when we when we did get an Uber from the airport to our apartment, <laughs> and our Uber driver oh my just told us, you know, in six months, we'll, we'll probably hear something that kind of reveals that this is all from China and it's because of the presidential election. And since he works out and takes his vitamin pills, he doesn't... His immune system's really good, so he'll never yeah, catch My it. immune system's pretty good, so I think I'll be fine. I just keep the windows down when people get in my car. And I, I just figure the wipes. air coming in. That's probably got to do something, right? We're just texting each other in the backseat like, this guy's such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. uh, another thing I really enjoyed about the movie that has been kind of pointed out to me from other sources is that the characters are all kind of complex and more well-rounded in that they all... It kind of shows how certain people will just bend or break existing rules for both selfish and selfless purposes. Oh, interesting. Explain that further. So, like, the I actually don't know who this is, but the doctor who eventually creates the vaccine, testing the vaccine on herself. Yes. Or, like, Lawrence Fishburne, who, like, ends up telling his fiance, like, hey, you need to, like, leave the city right now. They are put in these interesting scenarios where I feel like no one was really, like, a two-dimensional character. Yeah. And even I, I feel like a lot of movies kind of paint these government groups as very corrupt or ill-intentioned. You know what I mean? And no one really felt that way, even when they were accused by other characters in the movie of being that way. Oh, but the obviously the other shot that really uh, resonated with us particularly were the shots of the empty supermarkets. Yeah. And when Lawrence Fishburne calls his fiance, she goes to the store to pack up on all these supplies. That one honestly was... I feel like that's been the last maybe two to three weeks for me because I do most of the grocery shopping. Okay, well, all right. Well, I do. Every time I'm like, do you want to go with me? It's because you've tricked me to go before. (laughs) Anyway, so the last few weeks I've been hyper aware. I've looked for hand sanitizer and wet wipes every single time I've gone. Mm -hmm. Well, I also think it's weird in Utah because of the, the culture of having food storage. Yeah. I really think the panic hit weirder here. It did. Have you seen that map? No. It's like how much people shopped in the last couple weeks. Yeah. And Utah is the highest. It's because like everyone over... in Utah was like, oh shit, yeah. I was told to do this for the last 20 years. And so now everyone's panicking to be like, ha I no, I had this the whole time. <laughs> when do you think things are going to start finally going back to normal? Maybe mid-April. Really? I don't know, because I just, in my head, I just keep hearing, what do you take as, like, real information, and what do you leave behind that's, like, you heard from somebody, 
and it's all mixing together now. So I don't really remember where I've heard stuff, but I heard that in 45 days, it should be (laughs) peak. Lots of people will have it, but that's also because tests will become available, right? So people already have it. Yeah. I think we'll just eventually have, we'll like out of necessity have to start going back to life in a manner of speaking, because we've just been shutting doors for a week now. I wonder how much this will just become a part of life in a way where there'll be, it'll kind of be like the flu. Like we'll eventually create some kind of vaccine and every year you get your COVID shot and it will just be a kind of effective life. And maybe just people will be more cognizant of washing their hands. (sighs) I hope so. (laughs) I don't know. Not licking stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I hope that, I hope that happens. The scariest part for me on like truly the scariest part is this giving people anxiety? Are they not going to listen to this episode? Well, if they're this far into it. But the scariest part for me is that, like, if this ends and everything goes back to normal in May, mm-hmm. come October, it's it's going to be like a dark cloud hanging over my head because it's going to be like, okay, well, come October, it's flu season again. Does this come back around and we still don't have a vaccine? But I think people will be more prepared for what that reality would look like. So it would be a lot more of like, don't go out in groups. Interesting. Don't like, don't go out in groups, like wash your hands. If you're sick, stay home, things like that. I, I feel like for the, if this came back worse later on in the year that we would be like mentally more prepared yeah. and like we would know more what to do. And I wonder if, cause my job, we don't have a work from home policy and I wonder if this will change that cause we've been working from home. Yeah. I've had to, I have to, I wanted that too. If that's going to be more like, if you're sick, don't come, mm-hmm. just stay home and work. If that's going to be more built into cultures of places that you kind of, they have to operate like that. Like we both work at marketing firms mm-hmm. and so it's easier to do that. But I wonder if that's going to be a more regular thing of sick days and work from home days. Yeah. In response to this. I, I, like, I wonder when when the dust all settles on this of whatever weirdness 2020, potentially 2021 was, I wonder what parts of normal life will have altered mm-hmm. in response to, like, will I always kind of be like, oh, I don't really want to shake hands. I sure hope so. I have always hated shaking hands. I do too. It's a pain in the ass. It sucks. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Yeah. So overall, it was a good movie. Are you? Do you have any more facts? I don't. I don't. Um, just I thought, what a weird movie to recircle back into the consciousness. Yeah. And just be so kind of on the like right on the mark with a couple different things. What a weird movie that came and went was very competently made and acted and like a well-made, perfectly fine movie that no one really talked about as soon as it was kind of out of everyone's minds and then. I can tell you I never thought I would ever watch this movie again or come across this movie again. (laughs) And it seems like everyone is right now. Would you recommend it to someone in watching it now, like in quarantine? Yeah, I would. I just, it was interesting. Well, and I also, I thought about what you said earlier. I do think there is something to, if you're really feeling anxiety about a situation, this doesn't always help, but sometimes watching a movie or a TV show where a character has it worse kind of helps put things in perspective. Like watching this, I was thinking, oh, well, I mean, with, this isn't what's happening at all. Like, this Nobody's isn't... having seizures or foaming at the mouth because of this. Yeah. And it doesn't seem nearly as contagious. Yeah. 
So yeah, it kind of made me feel a little bit like oh, the life could be a lot worse actually, and this isn't so bad. But you know what? That's what we said last week, and then we got hit by an earthquake. So maybe it will get worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else? No, that's it. What are we gonna do tonight, Jaish? Uh, we're probably going to watch another movie. We are, and we're going to DoorDash Chick Fil A. That's our treat for the week. That is. Okay, Courtney. If someone wants to reach our podcast, where can they find us? We are on Instagram at Wife Watches. We are on Twitter at Wife underscore Watches. I said that like washes at Wife underscore Watches. Hmm. Note the underscore. Mm-hmm. You can email us. Mm-hmm. Email us your favorite outbreak movie or any other suggestions that you have at My Wife Watches Movies at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Stay safe. Watch you later. And remember. Wash your hands and stop touching your face.